to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Evening, good evening. Again, welcome to the Manifesting God podcast. I am your host, Prophetess Marie Elizabeth. It is so good to see you all on this evening. God has kept us yet another week. Has he not? Is not the God that we serve faithful? He is faithful. Well, come on, let's get ready to get started. We're going over to Revelations. We're going to go to Revelations 3. We're going to, I just want to touch on, let's see, the first two verses of the Church of Philadelphia. And you're going to understand why in a moment, but let's get over there because I am going somewhere tonight. There is something that God wants to share with us because you've heard me say on many occasions that the Lord God has pivoted. He has pivoted. And what he's doing through these books is he's showing us through these letters what is acceptable unto him and what is not. We can can take it as a form of grace, a form of grace where he's exposing to us those little, those little, that little leaven that could possibly leaven the whole lump. Those things that we take for granted that God truly is not pleased with, nor does he want. See, he is preparing his body to receive, receive those that are coming that don't know the name of Christ or have not previously called the name of of Christ. So he's making sure that we are ready and positioned properly to receive them unto him, not unto ourselves, but unto his name and his name alone. So he's getting out that little bit, that little thing, that little fox, they say, that would spoil the entire vine. He's getting that little bit of residue out of us that would infect the entire arm, the entire hand, the entire foot, that little bit. He's getting it out of us so that we can be ready to receive the harvest. Because how many of you know, Jesus is still coming back. He is still coming back again. We don't hear this often enough. He still saves. He still delivers. He still requires holiness. Why? Because he is coming back for his bride. He's coming back again. The message to Philadelphia in Revelations 3 and 7, it reads on this wise, to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, these are the words of him that is holy and true. And I'm in the amplified version. When you say that word holy, we know we're talking about a unscathed, untouched, pure Pure, pure God, a pure God, pure in love, pure in purpose, on purpose. And then it says here he is true. And in the Greek, that tells us that it's corresponding to the idea 
of the name. You're going to know in a few minutes why I'm breaking this down for you. God is true. He corresponds with his name. He is opposite of fictitious. So nothing made up can be compared or attached onto his name. He's contrasting to reality. So just because we feel like it's tangible or it should be so will not necessarily make it so. He will contrast our own realities. He will contrast that which we put in a place that is fictitious, that that is not true. The name of the Lord, just the idea, just the idea of his name says truth. It says truth. And then it says here, he who holds the key, he holds the, the key. The Bible tells us here in the Greek that that means power and authority. He holds power and authority. He holds the power and authority, it says, of David. So we're talking about a God who is holy, who is true. The idea of his name is true. He contrasts any reality that we could possibly consider tangible, and he shuts down anything that could possibly be fictitious with just his name alone, just his name alone. And he has the power and he has the authority to do just that. The power and authority, it rests all in his name. And continuing on, it says what he opens, what the holy and the true, with, with, with the holy and the true opens, no man can shut. No man can shut. So no man can withhold. No man can shut up the compassion. No one, no man can make it inaccessible. No man can make it unreachable or untouchable. It is devoid of pity toward one. It, uh, it, no man can obstruct from interest. Whatever he shuts, whatever he shuts, no man can open. No man can open. And what he shuts, and look at this, what he shut, what God makes inaccessible, what the holy and the true, what he decides to withhold, what he decides to shut up with compassion, what he decides to make inaccessible, what he decides to make unaccessible, what, what he decides to do this, it's devoid of pity. There is, there is uh, no, there is no obstruction. What he decides, when he decides, when he that is holy and true, when he decides to shut, no man can open. No man can open. It can't be open because the truth, regardless of what is uh, what we've made up, but is fictitious, whatever we consider tangible, he's, he's the opposite of that. So whatever he decides to shut, it is closed off. It no longer it is inaccessible. It is inaccessible. So now those are the, that's the first verse, right? That I said, I only wanted to touch on the first two verses when we talk about the church of Philadelphia. So keep that in your mind. Verse seven, he opens doors, the true and the holy. He opens doors that no man can shut. Whether you, whether it's in your own tangible reality that you have created or whether it's fictitious, it's just a lie. It's just a lie. He can shut it down and he can open it up. It's up to him if he so choose. No man can shut down what he opens. 
God opens, with the true and the holy opens, and no man can open what he decides to close. No man can open. So I want to, I want to take you now. We're going to go through a few scriptures because I want to focus on that piece, that piece that says that part of the scripture that says that which God opens, no man can shut. And that which God shuts, no man can open. And I want to really go through that. And I want to go through it in the context of understanding understanding what God's plans are for our lives. See, because today, a lot of what we consider our needs, God's not answering those because they're not a part of his plan. They're not a part of his plan. I want to talk to you today about my need and God's supply. My need and God's supply, because we need to understand that there are a lot of times some of us are stuck trying to pull open doors that the holy and the true has shut because we don't understand God's plans for our lives. We don't understand what he has shut the door on, what he has made inaccessible, what he has made um, out of reach for us, even though in our minds, it's quite tangible, but he considers it fictitious and he will not open that door for us. Jeremiah 29 and 11, and I'm still in the amplified version. It says, for I know, I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you. For me, I know them, God is saying, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disasters. And I have these plans to give you a future. And I have these plans to give you a hope. This is the true and holy God talking. He's saying, I know the plans that I have for you. So if he alone knows the plans that he has for you. Why are we not asking God? What are the plans that you have for me? Why are we guessing? Why are we as one beating at the air, hoping that we'll, we'll just suddenly mis mistakenly just stumble upon what God has planned for our lives? When he told us that we can ask anything of him, we can ask anything of him. I'm in first John five, 14 and 15 verses, and I'm in the Amplified Version still. And this is what it says. It says, this is the remarkable degree of, in parentheses, confidence, which we as believers are entitled to, in parentheses, to have before him. This is, this is the confidence that we as believers are entitled to. This is what we can have as we stand before him, that if we ask anything, anything to his will, and in parentheses it has, that is consistent with his plan and purpose. He hears us. He hears us. But we must know what to ask. We must know what to ask. Verse 15 says, and if we know, if we know in parentheses for a fact, 
as indeed we do, that he hears and he listens to us. Whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge, we don't have to question it, that we have been granted to us the request which we have asked of him. The question then becomes, what are we asking of him and is it in his will? See, if I'm, if I have a question about what is in God's plan for me, these scriptures are telling me that I can with confidence and with belief go and ask him, hey, can you let me in on the plan that you have for me? Can you let me know what it is that you have for me to do? I promise you, if you do that, if you ask that question, if we're not so scared of what that answer might be, of what that answer might be, he is willing to share with us the plan that he has for our lives, but we must ask him. And then when we ask him, we must believe him. See, he has to be able to trust us with the plans that he has for us. Let me, let me just give you a little bit, and I'm just going to talk about what I've done so that you can, so that you can understand that it is a thing that we can go to God and we can ask him. I ask God, what would you have me to do? What is the plan for my life? I'm not going to run and ask anybody else when the scriptures tell me that God knows the plan that he has for me. So I'm going straight to the source and I'm going with confidence and I believe that he will answer me. And can I tell you that God gave me insight into the plan that he has for me? I was able to write it down line upon line, precept upon precept. I can I tell you the vision is plain before me. I read it every day. I know the plans that God has for me. He has shared them with me. And then once he shared them with me, he began to share with me how to execute that plan, how to get from A to B, because standing in front of him, I can honestly say, I know not. I don't know how to do that. I don't. That's too big. That's too big. Just a sidebar here. Any plan that God gives you is going to be too big for you alone. You will never be able to do it alone. How do I know this? Okay, so remember last week, I believe, or maybe the week before, we talked about the breath that Christ has, that, that God has blown into us and made us a living being. Remember, we were in Genesis and we talked a little bit about that. And I said to you that the breath that God blows into me, that's a... Well, we're talking about God. The human being is going to breathe 17 is 17 is uh, 18 breaths a minute. But we're talking about God here. One from him is a whole life is a whole life. And so I just got one and you have another and the person next to you has another. And as we begin to connect, as we begin to connect, it's God just over and abundantly connecting himself in us together. This is how he places each of us in the body. And we each have a part that is supposed to be. The word of God tells us fitly joined 
fitly joined so that what I don't have, you have, and what you don't have, the neighbor next to you have, so that we can all be complete in him, right? So keeping that in mind, when I go to God and I ask God my plan, he tells me the plan is it's humongous. It's bigger than anything that I could ever accomplish on my own. But guess what? My sister down the street, she has God's breath and she has in God's breath that he gave her a skill set that is needed to work in the plan that God gave me. Now, she has the plan that God gave me, but she has her part of it. She has her part of it. So while while I might be um, a she might have the B part. And then the neighbor next to her might have the C part. And then the neighbor next to them might have the D part. And when we all come together with the portion of the plan that God gave us for our lives, it will connect with the plans that God gave another for their life, for their life. And then we will be able to properly, properly carry on the plan that God gave us each for our lives, for our lives. My, I, I can tell you that the plan that God gave me is not something that I'm comfortable doing. And I'm not talking about speaking right now because we talked about my being uncomfortable speaking in front of people, but I'm just talking about just the plans that God gave me to infiltrate and take his name throughout the earth. And in those plans, the things that he told me I would have to do, I'm not comfortable comfortable with. They are not things that I do, that I have a skill set for, that I went to school for. So there were some things that he said, you're going to go get the education for this. And this right here, you're going to, there's a part of my plan where I have the task. And then there's another part where you have the name that's associated with the task. And he told me, you're going to leave the name blank. I'm going to send the person for that. And this right here, no, you got to put your name by that. You need to do that to understand this. So what, what am I saying? Just a sidebar here. You have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We don't want to step outside of our comfort zone. Hence, God cannot share the plans that he has for our lives with us because we don't want to get out of our comfort zone to allow it to happen. Or how about this? Remember what I just said? Each person has a part. They might have a whole plan based around one, one line in your plan. But guess what? We think we can do it all by ourselves. Part two, we think we can, number two, I mean, we think we can do it all by, all by ourselves. First thing, to get God, to, to inquire of God, of the plan that he has for our lives, we first must understand we're going to be uncomfortable. And we have to accept being uncomfortable. Number two, we have to accept we can't do it by ourselves. Nobody can do it by themselves. No one does it by themselves. Let's be clear here. When Jesus came into the, when Jesus was born of Mary, he came into the earth realm. When he met his, when he began to choose his disciples and begin to, I say, mentor his disciples and begin to show them his expectations of the work that they would do once he was seated in heavenly places back with his father, he, he literally began to disperse himself into each one of them. To each one of them so that they so that all of them could go, could go do what one him was doing. But he's God. He's God. 
He was God in heaven and God in the earth and the flesh all at the same time. He's God. He created us to be inter interconnected, interconnected with each other, where your gift influences and enhances my gifts and my gifts influence and enhances the next person I touch gifts and their gifts influence and enhance the next person. We are to work together in unity. So if you can't comprehend a vision that is bigger than you, then you cannot, don't go asking God to show you or give you insight into the plans that he has for your life. Don't ask him because you'll never be able to comprehend it. Then you'll be held accountable when you stand before him. As I talked last week about the church of Sardis, incomplete. You'll be incomplete. Christ will look at you and be like, I'm unfulfilled. With what you've done when I left you on the earth, I'm unfulfilled. I gave you my breath. I told you in first uh, Genesis where God created, God made. He was able to disperse vision. He was able to create. He. This is the breath that we have in us. So there is no reason why we can't have a vision that includes the work of vision of other visionaries because they have a plan and their plan is going to be one part of yours, just one part of yours, but it's their whole plan. And we have to be willing to allow them to bring that to the table. Why? Because it's about God. And it's about all the pieces of the puzzle coming together, all the breaths coming together to assemble one God, one Lord, one Savior to draw men unto him, to draw men unto him. So if we can ask anything of God, then we must ask God if we care to know, if we want to be responsible over it, what God is the plan that you have for my life? And he will give you insight into that plan. I know this because Psalm 84 and 11 tells me, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows grace and favor and honor. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk up rightly. No good thing will he behold from withhold from those who walk up rightly. Does anybody hear the prerequisite? We must walk up rightly. If we're going to ask God, what is the plan that you have for me so that I can begin to ask you things according to the plan so that you can open the doors for me? So you can open the Jesus gentleman. I want him, we want him to open the doors for us, but we must ask according to his plan for our lives. But to be able to ask in boldness and in confidence, we must be living, walking uprightly. Psalm 84 and 11 tells us we must be walking uprightly. Uprightly, there's a Hebrew word for complete. We must be walking in wholeness. We must be walking in entirety. We must be sound. We must be, be unimpaired. We must have integrity. And guess what? We must walk in accord with truth and fact. We must walk in accord with truth 
and fact. Are we walking in accord with the true and the holy God? Are we in alignment with the true and holy God? Because guess what? He cannot reveal his plans to you if you are not, because you, because you would not comprehend them if he did. You wouldn't understand them if he did. There is a way that seems right unto men, but at the end of that thing, ain't nothing but death and destruction. How many times have we set out to do something that seemed that seemed right unto us, that seemed um, real? That seemed real. That seemed uh, tangible. But but Christ called it unrealistic. He said that's in that's an intangible thing. I don't care what you touch it. I don't care what you put in your hand on. I said it's intangible. And on that, I'm going to shut the door. On that, I will not open the door because I will only open what is alignment in alignment with my plan for you. So, so see, I don't even get to go and go get my neighbor's gifts because I want to do it myself. I don't even get to go get my neighbor's gifts and, and use her gift and, and, and activate her gift with my hands. Guess what? Because that's not true. That's not true. That was not what God called me to. What I was supposed to do was open the door for her, make a seat for her at the table so that she could bring the wisdom that God has imparted to her or him to the table so that we could accomplish, so that we could, so that we could accomplish the good will of God in the earth realm. So it's not my job. I, I might know how to do her role. I might know how to do his role or his thing. I might understand it. But guess what? There's an in-depth wisdom that God has given them. He has graced them with because he gracefully placed them in the body to do that thing. He placed them there to make that thing happen, to make my job easier. And how dare I, how dare I, Church of Sardis, stand before God incomplete because I was unwilling to cooperate with God's will and his purpose and his design. I didn't like his design. I wanted to do it all myself. I wanted to do all myself. Hear me now. Don't miss God. Don't miss the plan of God for your life because you're selfish. Don't miss your, your, your inability to allow God to share with it, share with you the plan he has for your life because it's so large and it, 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 it employs and engages so many people in the body of the Christ. But you shut all that down because you can do it yourself. Don't let your selfishness cause God to say, depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. I have found you incomplete. I have found you incomplete and I am not fulfilled. I am not fulfilled with the substitute works, the substitute deeds that you offered me in place of my plan, in place of my design. So we want to be very careful, very careful that we walk, that we are walking uprightly. We are aligned with the true and 
honorable Lord Jesus Christ. We are aligned with his purpose, with his plans. And then we go confidently to him, believing that he indeed will answer us when we ask him to share his plan for us, with us, because he wants to give us insight into our plans. Why? When he gives us insight into the plans that he has for us, then it's easy for us as in Philippians 4.19 to recognize when he sends the supply. When he sends the supply, it says, and my God, the Amplified Version will liberally supply, fill to the full your every need according to his riches and glory. But to tap in to those riches and glory, we must be righteous. We must walk uprightly. We must submit to his plan. We must submit, be willing, have a mind of submission before he even tells us what it is. And guess what? He promises here, I will supply all of your, I will liberally supply, it says in the Amplified Version, I will liberally supply, fill unto the full your every need according to my riches and glory. Whatever you need, I'm going to supply. Whether it's through your neighbor, whether it's through finances, whether it's through favor, I'm going to supply, I'm going to fill your plan with everything that it needs and I'm going to fill it to the full, to the full. That is not to say that there will not be difficult times because Paul says here earlier to the church in Philippi, he says, I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times. And I know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. He said, in every, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life, whether well-fed or whether I'm going hungry, whether I have abundance or whether I have me, I have learned how to be con. Tent. See, one thing that we have to understand, or should I say another thing, because there's so much to comprehend about this when God is sharing with us how to get me to open the door for you, how to get me to open the door for, for you. You must understand your need and you must understand my supply. And to understand that, again, we're, we need to tap into what is God's plan for us and understand that he's already fulfilled it. He's got already has more than enough supply. So when we hit those moments where there appears to be a drought, where there appears to be not enough, we must remember, no, I have all that I need. God already promised to fill until full everything that I need to accomplish what he's told me to do. There is no way that I can do what I am doing if I did not believe that God has graced me to do it. We have to believe that God's grace is quite sufficient. 
It holds us up to be able to do what God has asked of us, what he has planned of us to do. I know, listen, I know how, I know when to work and I know what to work on. I know when to rest. I know how to rest. My work and my rest is blessed. My work and my rest are both blessed. Why? Because I operate in the plan that God has for my life. I operate in that plan and I have a full understanding that I'm doing it by his grace. I'm doing it by his grace. So when times come that it seems like or it doesn't appear to be enough, I know enough is there. I know it's there. I believe it's there. Whether it's strength, whether it's finances, I know it's there. I just ask God, show me where it's at. I can't quite put my hand on it. Show me where it's at. And he'll take my hand and move it around and go, right there. It's right there. Pick it up. God will supply all of your need. You must understand, though, what that need is. What that need is. And this is where we tend to get stuck. Because when things don't look the way we think they should look, we are quick to give up and walk away and say, you made a mistake. I didn't hear God correctly. This isn't it. This isn't it. And sometimes that is true. Sometimes that is the case. But when a God tells me something and I can look in the word and measure it by the word, I, I am like a I, I lock down on that thing and I will not let go because God said I can have it. God said I can do it. And I don't care if it's a skill set that I don't believe I have or that I'm fearful of or that I don't like. And, there, and that happens. Sometimes God will have you do things. Let me tell you something. When you ask God to share with you the plan for your life, if he, if it's if, if you feel like everything that he's showing you, you can do no problem. I promise you, you ain't hearing God. You are not hearing God. He is not going to tell you to do things that make you comfortable. He is not going to tell, th- tell you to do things that are convenient. Everything that he has told me to do thus far is so far out of my norm, so far past my comfort level. If I could tell you some of the things that he had me do, and he had me do just this past uh, January to now that he had me do. And I'm like, I don't think that's possible. I don't know if I had that in me. I can't, I don't know if I can function like that. I don't know if I can pass that. I don't know if I can do that. I was so fearful. I wouldn't even tell nobody that I was doing that because I'm like, there's no way I can do that. I don't know. I need to get past it first. I need to get, I need to get through it first because I was that afraid of it because it's out of my comfort comfort level. It's out of my skill set level. And it's not an area that I've ever touched before. It's not, but if you trust God, if you trust God, what has happened along the way, he sent people to help me. He sent people to teach me. He sent people to walk me through things. And he sent people to explain things and break things down for me and even be there to help me as I continue in the journey. He sent people to walk me through the tough times. He sent people to coach me along. He, God has everything. But guess what? What if I would have said I can do it by myself? What if I would have thought that I could do it by myself? Then I wouldn't have had people to coach me along the way. I wouldn't have had people to help me when the test got difficult. I wouldn't have had people to teach me and explain things and break things down to me. I wouldn't have had people willing to get on a Zoom call and just write it down, share a screen and explain it to me. If I were not willing 
to first of all, do it scared. Do it fearful, whatever. Do it afraid. If I were not, if I didn't have the gumption to finish what God has placed in me, so I did it afraid. And here came all the supply in the form of people, in the form of people that just helped me understand, that coached me through it. See, we're missing out. We're missing out for those of us who do know the plan and feel that God has for us. And we don't, and we feel like we don't have what we need to execute the plan. Oh, trust me, the resources are there. The resources have come to you, but because you think you can do it yourself, you keep pushing the resources away. You keep pushing your help away. Listen, one thing I understood about the teachers, the instructors, the coaches that just walked me through this last season is that I didn't have to understand how they knew what they knew or how they did what they did. I only needed to understand what they were teaching me and what they were there to help me do. Some of us, we're too busy examining our neighbor, trying to understand why and how of what they can do instead of just receiving the gift. How do we receive the gifts that God has given to help us? We say, thank you. We say, thank you when he opens the door. Don't we? We say thank you when he opens the door. We don't go and criticize the gift and try to tell the gift how to operate and tell the gift what we're going to take, what piece we're going to take that is offering and what piece. But listen, I really, really appreciate, Lord, this beautifully wrapped box that you've given me. And I really like the bow. So I'm going to keep the bow. You can take the box of anything it has in it and you can take the nice wrapping. I just really like the bow. Or I'm going to I'm going to take the, the wrapping paper off and the bowl off and I'm going to open the box. It has 12 things in it, but I'm just going to take the one. I'm good with just the one. And you push the rest aside. I'm all right with just that. I don't need all of that. I just take I just take the one. See, because the rest of it, I got that. I got that. I can do that. I don't I got that. So I just need that one thing. I just need that one thing. And you, you don't understand what gifts you reject. God's going to give them to someone whose hands are wide open and ready to receive it and ready to receive it. And then when you stand in front of him and you say to him, I didn't have everything I need, I need it. And he's going to say to you, I sent everything that you needed, but you gave it back to me. Hence, incomplete. Hence, I'm not fulfilled. Not, I'm not impressed. Because you took a piece of the gift that I gave you. Because you took a portion of the gift that I gave you. No, I gave you that entire box and it had everything in it you needed. But you decided to pick and choose what you were going to take. Hence, this is where we get stuck. We get stuck because we don't understand. We don't understand our need and God's supply. Our needs and God's supplies. See, this is in verse uh, 13. It says, I can do all things. I can do all things which the Lord has called me to do in parentheses through him who strengthens and who empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I'm self-sufficient, but to be self-sufficient, I'm sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So I fall back into him and everything he needs, everything I need is all in him. 
So I'm self-sufficient enough to fall into his arms where everything I need is. I am ready for anything. This is the amplified version and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confidence and peace. So everything that God has given me to do in my plan, while I may be nervous, while I may be fearful that I might not be able to do it because it's just that it's that unfamiliar to me. It's an area I've never tapped into before, never did anything before. As a matter of fact, don't even like, don't even like. But I understand that God has infused me with inner strength and with confidence and peace and peace. So guess what? My peace, my peace that God has infused me with, it, it shuts down fear. It shuts down fear. And I come in with a can-do attitude because I understand that when I'm at my weakest point, that's when God's strength comes through. Some of you have heard me say this before. You, the best, the best Marie is the one that don't know. That I'm going to show up and I'm going to do and I'm going to say what God says. The, oh, my gosh. You get, a, you get a hungry Maria or a sleeping Maria where my flesh is just dead. Oh, watch out. God's about to say something. God's about to come through there because I have nothing. I know not. I don't know. All I know is the word of God that's in me that I expect that God will will push out of me in due season and due season. And he will cause me to recognize what he's placed around me and in me to do so. So whether it's a difficult time or trauma or hurt, you know, we, we just sometimes we don't recognize God's supply in that time, in that time of fearfulness. It can get you to the point where, you know, it can be kind of traumatizing to break into new areas. Sometimes it can be hurtful because you're not always welcome. You're not always welcome. I can tell you if there's areas that I'm breaking into now, I'm not welcome. Nobody is holding out their arms saying, oh, come, come, come. Nobody is doing that. Nobody's doing it, but I know what God has called me to. So it doesn't matter whether or not you per se receive me. God has already opened the door for me. So I say, thank you very much. And I walk through the open door and I become what God has called me to be. Again, that's me understanding, you understanding God's supplies and my God's supplies, yes, and my needs. It all works according to the plan that God has for my life, your life, your life, your life, your life, and your life. And those needs can be fulfilled in many different forms, but they have to be connected to the plan that God has for me, for you. And those plans are, which are what keeps us in alignment with our father's business. It is those plans. Remember when Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. When he told his parents that, that those plans, him, him sticking with the plan that God had for him in the earth room helped him to be about his father's business. See, our needs can be met, um, like I said earlier, in the form of another person who has a specific talent that can that can serve the overall need of what God has given. They have a 
portion of the vision that contains the specific gifts that God has given them to contribute. And believe it or not, one thing I know from experience, the portion that God gives us each to contribute to the body, he gives us wisdom and how to operate in it. He gives us details. He gives us this, this crazy strength and, 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 fortifies us to be able to do what he has told us to do. That's why we can't go and try to do our neighbor's job or do what someone else is doing because God has not only graced them with that, but he's given them a wisdom to be able to do that. And their wisdom or their understanding, if they tried to explain it to you, would overwhelm you because that's not your specialty. Just like your wisdom and understanding of what you do may overwhelm them because that's not their specialty. So they don't try to, to, to decipher or, or break down what you do. All they under try to understand is this is what you do. And I respect what you do. And so those, those needs can be met in the form of another person. They can be met in the form of finances that serve a portion of the need. They can be met with favor, but God meets the needs according to to his plans for us. This is how he meets the needs. This is how God, oh, this is why and how we get God to, we inquire to God to open doors for us that no man can shut. See, if he shuts that door for you, nine out of 10 times, I promise you, 10 out of 10, it's not in his plan for you. That is not for you. Feel like a, a parent with a child, no. No, no, he's slapping your hand. No, 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 that is not for you. That's not for you. It is all about learning how to ask God about the plans that he has for you. In verse eight, he says in Revelations three and verse eight, he says to the church in Philadelphia, I know your deeds, I know your works. And he said, and because I know your works, See, because I know that you've operated in the plans that I have for you, I have placed before you an open door. No man's going to be able to shut it. Open door. And then he says, I know you have little strength. You have, that's Greek for inherent power, moral power, excellence of soul. I know you have little of that, but you kept my word. And when he says kept my word, that's Greek Therefore, you guarded. You reserved it and you guarded. You guarded my word in your heart. You guarded it. You were so you were careful to make sure that you were aligning with me. You were careful to make sure that your deeds, your works, the plan that I have for you, you were careful to make sure that you did according to the plan that I had for you. You kept my word. You guarded that plan and you did not deny my name. You did not, no matter who came to you and said what, no matter who tried to move you off that plan, no matter who told you that that was not indeed the plan that God gave you, that you can align with scriptures and you know God shared that plan with you because you were walking uprightly before him. You were walking in alignment with him. You aligned that plan with his word. The Holy Spirit instructs and guides you in his plan. Guide the Lord, guide your footsteps through the plan, gives you wisdom and grace to accomplish that plan. You held it. You guarded it. And because of that, I set before you an open door. 
that no man can shut. I make way. I make way for you to proceed in the plan that I have for you. I make way for you to walk worthy of the vocation wherein you are called. I make way for you. I make way for you. I have a visual of Jesus just opening the door and 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 oh, extending his hand to me to come through, extending his hand to you to come on through, come on through because he wants to share with you. See, I'm stopping at these two verses because I wanted to I wanted to really share with you what God shared with me about opening doors and shutting doors that no man can open. Because I say a lot of times there are administratively, there's a lot that I can do in God. God has blessed me. He has gifted me. I can do a lot of things. I'm a, I'm a multitasker. It works for me. It works for me. It works for me. But in that process, he graced me with that. He graced me to be able to do that. Just like he's graced you to do the things that you do according to his plan. He's graced you. But just know that the plan is way bigger than you. And he has other other parts of him, other people that hold the breath of God that he has gifted to be able to feed into the plan that he has for you. And their whole plan is to execute their gift and the wisdom and the grace that God has given them. Why not? Why not submit today to God's will and his purpose and walk uprightly before him so that we could go before him and ask him to share with us the plan that he has for our lives so that we can begin to walk through the doors that Christ has opened for us. Because indeed, he has opened doors for us. He has made ways for us. He has provision for us. He has provision for us waiting, waiting on us. If we are willing, if we are willing, if we are willing to guard, to guard, to guard the plan that he shares with us and walk through that plan and through those open doors with the grace and the wisdom that he is bestowing on us even now. Even now, if you're under the sound of my voice and you are walking uprightly before God, you are aligned with God's will and purpose for your lives. God is saying to you today, I am going to share with you the plans that I have for you. I'm going, I'm willing to share it with you. I'm willing, I'm willing. If you're willing to open your heart to receiving, your mind to comprehending, your ear to hearing, if you're willing to do so, I'm willing to share the plan with you that I have for your life. And guess what? Not only do I have the plan for your life, but I have the supplies. I have the resources for the plan for your life. So you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to be fearful of asking me to share it with you because I will to share it with you. I will to supply the resources for it. I just need you to have a mind to comprehend, an ear to hear, a heart, a heart to hold, to hold, to guard, 
that which I impart unto you. Amen. My needs, my needs, God supply. Let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today. I thank you today and I kneel humbly before you, oh God, and we repent of anything we've said or done or thought, God, that has revoked the plans that you have for our lives, God. And we ask you to cleanse us of filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit and perfect holiness in us this day, God. Open our minds, God. We will our minds to comprehend the plans you have for us. We will our ears to hear the plans you have for us. We will our hearts and our hands to hold and to guard the plans that you have for us. Our feet to walk it out. The plans that you have for us, oh God. As my voice goes throughout the airways now, God, touch the minds, the ears, the mouths, the hearts of your people, God, in the name of Jesus, that not only will they be able to hear your plan, not only will they be able to comprehend your plan, but their hands will begin to build that which you have imparted unto them. Open our arms up wide, God, to receive the resources the resources that you allocated to us, God, to be able to carry out your will and your purpose in our lives because we, God, want to be complete in you, God, in the name of Jesus. We must be complete in you, God, to receive the remnant, oh God. And God, we ask you as we begin to walk out this plan, as we begin to operate in the plans that you have for us, God, that you would open the doors for us, God, as we begin to move through your plans for us, that you would continue to open doors for us, God, that no man can shut, God. Open the doors of provision, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord, God. Open the doors of understanding, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord, God. Open the doors of wisdom. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord, God, your will be done and your kingdom come in this earth realm as it is in heaven. We make room for your will, God, in the earth realm. We make room for the kingdom to come and your will to be done in and through us. We make room for your will, your will be done in us and through us under the sound of my voice. Your will be done in us and through us under the sound of my voice. Your will be done in us, in us, in us and through through us, in us, and through us. In Jesus' name, I pray. I pray. I pray. I thank you for joining me on this evening. Again, this is the Manifesting God podcast. I am Marie Elizabeth. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you on next Monday at 7 p.m. Thank you so much. Remember, keep me and your fa my family in your prayers, and I'm praying for each and every one of you. If you're under the sound of my voice, I'm praying for you.